uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to Out Loud. Today we take a peek into the future and specifically the workplaces of the future. I was lucky enough to be joined by the head of channel for the EMEA at Zoom Video Communications, that's Mike Adams. Mike has huge experience in the industry, having previously worked for HP and Apple and now Zoom. Mike and I discussed the current workplace landscape, how that's changed recently and how technology can further enable changes going forward. Have a listen. With 25 years um, industry experience, I don't want to make you feel old, Mike, but that, I, I mean, that's nearly more than my entire life experience in, <laughs> within, within, within technology. So the topic of t- t- today's pod is obviously something you're very passionate about and, and is a really interesting trend throughout business organisations, and that is workplace innovation. So what, what I was going to start with is, First of all, I mean, you can see I'm, this is my living room. I, I work from home. You look like you're in a, a very nice Zoom office somewhere, somewhere in the state. So first of all, that workplace is a, a multitude of options, isn't it, in terms of office, remote working, whether you're at home, whether you're in a cafe. And the location is becoming, I suppose, less and less a, a vital component. Would you, would you agree with that? Uh, I'd say yes and no. It's true that nowadays, with the current technology and tools we have, people can work from anywhere. However, location still has importance because there is still a very strong connection when two people are in the same room physically in person. So I wouldn't say that video conferencing replaces face-to-face meetings. I would say it replaces phone calls, right? So we still appreciate and value face-to-face meetings, which means we still need physical offices to work from and meeting rooms to actually meet. What's changing, as you said, is the configuration of offices and how people use the space. So 30 years ago, you used to have big offices with lots of fixed desks and a few big boardrooms. And that has completely changed to more fluid spaces. We've got collaborative spaces, huddle spaces, hot desking. People can work from the office or from home, or they can work in different areas of the office. So the space has really changed a lot. But I would say it's still important. So I, wouldn't, I would not say that where you work from is not important anymore. I think it is still important because, again, yes, you can do lots of remote work, but sometimes it's good just to feel connected to your colleagues. Uh, so I think both are still important. Uh, well, one of the things that you've touched on there is a point that's been raised to me a couple of times. It would be interesting to get your opinion on this. Um, over the, the technology um, enabling collaboration as we're doing now has come on so much as well as the you know the devices we're using for doing this have businesses and organizations lagged behind a bit in terms of the the physical buildings constructing as new offices that the format as you say doesn't seem to have changed very much from maybe the 1950s or 60s where like you said you had either you know very a lot of very small offices or one big open plan sales floor and then and then a few big boardrooms so i think it has changed we now see new buildings being built taking new trends into consideration like informal spaces soft seating couches you know more funky areas where you can work from however what has been lagging behind is technology so when you design a gorgeous office using amazing interior designers and architects and furniture people it's all great it looks gorgeous but then when you try to actually use the space people usually fall down on technology either they don't have technology at all so they can't really make a proper presentation in front of their colleagues or it's too complicated to use or if they want to bring a remote participant into the meeting it's complicated it doesn't work 
or cumbersome or got lots of different systems which don't talk to each other. I'll give you an example. Last year, I had the chance to visit one of the top Silicon Valley tech companies uh, and visit their offices here in London. It was a gorgeous office. It was every meeting room having a special theme with plants and trees and beautiful quirky objects. I was very impressed by their interior designer. They made an amazing job. However, every meeting room had cables like HDMI cables and VGA cables. In, on, in every meeting room, which was completely absurd. You have this gorgeous uh, office fit-out with really primitive cables from last century in every single meeting room. It was absolutely ridiculous. And it ruins the whole aesthetic of the room, of course. And users were complaining about you know, the complicated and messy cables in every room, of course. So that's where you see that disconnect between interior designers doing a great job, but not thinking about technology, and then technology being put as an afterthought without thinking about the design, right? So what's fallen behind is technology. I think priorities for companies building offices is employee well-being and creating an amazing environment to get you know, a better retention of your employees and attracting better talent. And these are the main priorities of every CEO who's looking at building new offices. However, technology is often, you know, further down behind that priority list. And the problem is, if you design a gorgeous office, but the technology fails, people are going to be unhappy, and you're going to fail miserably on your initial priority goal, which was to have happy employees, right? Absolutely. So when you're designing gorgeous offices, you need to make technology as part of the initial design of the office, working with architects, furniture designers, consultants. Technology has to be that same level as the actual design of the office. And I think that's still something we're trying to push. It's not happening yet. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what something I was about to say. It always seems as if technology has been an afterthought, as you said, and has been sort of added in. So, and what you're saying is we that should be on parallel with the construction of the spaces, and, and they should be built in conjunction to best suit each other. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. And I've worked with lots of interior designers and architects specializing in office design and fit-outs. Uh, I've been networking with lots of people in the fit-out industry, and you see very few technology people there. You see all these fit-out people talking to each other about agile working and furniture and lighting and, you know, and having soft seating, and these are all the conversations happening, and there's no technology people in that conversation. I, I was the only technology guy in, in, all these, in all these events, at all these events. So I think that, that's still missing, to bring technology into those conversations, and I think most interior designers are a bit afraid of technology because they've been burned in the past where technology didn't work the way it should. It was too complicated. And therefore, they just don't want to talk about it and just leave it for the last minute after everything else is done. But effectively, it would be much better to bring those technology people at the very beginning of the conversation and look at, looking at you know, innovative technology for each meeting space. Talking of those technology guys like yourself, what, what would you say are the other innovations within within modern workplaces now now we've discussed what that workplace might be whether that's at home whether that's a newly designed office wherever that might be what would you say are the the innovations that are are really changing the landscape at the moment and what are going to be the innovations going forward over the next few years so i think the innovation happening now is to have a, a unique simplified standardized user experience where all these things work as one single coherent experience and obviously zoom is pushing that experience where we designed a whole new meeting room around that where it's not about looking at different components of the room, it's about one single experience, one single touchscreen, one single interface, where all these things work together seamlessly. I think that's where the innovation is happening, the user experience, the user interface, both in a physical meeting room, but then also for people, uh, remote people wanting to join that meeting, 
whether it's over audio or video or content sharing or annotation, all these things have to be part of a seamless experience. So there's lots of innovation happening at that level to simplify the user experience. Um, so I, com I completely understand where you're coming from because unlike you, I am, I am not technical at all. And in previous life, I have experience working in an office as a sales rep. And whenever we used to have to do customer presentations or, or large meetings, I used to go into the boardroom and I used to mess around in there for 15 minutes trying to get the multiple different platforms to work together. And then I would eventually fail and have to go and get IT anyway. So you know, the user simplification piece is something, you know, that I can see from my experiences, it's hugely important. And that, as you said, it's, it's recognized now in the industry as, as a key factor, isn't it? Absolutely. And the reality is to solve the usability of a physical meeting room, you don't solve that with expensive hardware, complicated hardware. You solve that with software. You know, like Apple, what differentiates Apple from everyone else, yes, their hardware is gorgeous, but it's mostly their software. Because software designers are the guys and girls who create amazing user interfaces. So the way to solve that challenge is with great software designers. And software is very difficult. Very few people are good at designing software interfaces, right? So if you look at the whole AV industry and video conferencing industry, you always focus on hardware and complicated, expensive hardware. That's not how you solve that problem. To solve that problem, it's all about software. So that's why Zoom is focused on software, on that user interface, on that user experience, because that's how you solve that challenge, right? Uh, I think another big trend we're seeing is the fact that every meeting becomes enabled to have remote participants join in. In the past, you used to have some meetings which were face-to-face and other meetings were remote over video or audio. Nowadays, it's a blurred line. Every meeting has that uh, full experience where you have physical people face-to-face -face sitting next to you as well as remote participants. So that's changing the way you set up meetings. You don't have to worry about whether you're gonna, your colleagues are going to be in the room or not because both options are there, right? And people choose how they join meetings. So that's another big trend we're seeing, making every meeting uh, you know, enabled for remote participants. But that requires a cultural change. It's not just about the technology thing from the IT people. This has, come, has to come from the CEO of the company. It has to come from the HR people. It has to come from the sales people. It has to be the entire culture of the company to have that automatic way of setting up meetings where every meeting is enabled for remote participants. So that had, requires a cultural change, not just a technology change. Absolutely. No, and that makes your point about the user interface even more vital because, you know, if I'm joining something remotely, I haven't, I haven't got IT to go and when I, fa when I, if I fail as a, a simplistic technical dummy, there's no IT department. All I can really go and call upon is the dog to help me. And I think he'll be less help than, than anyone. So, so that, that, I mean, that's, that's a really key point. In terms of um, one thing I wanted to ask you about is, the, the rise of consumer technology, which has made different things even more simple for users in terms of voice recognition and voice activation. Do, do you think we'll see a rise of that within uh, collaboration software? Absolutely. There's lots of innovation happening in that space. So, for example, voice commands and artificial intelligence are being deployed right now in enterprise collaboration tools. So for example, any Zoom room can be controlled by voice. We can integrate with Amazon Echo and use Alexa to actually run meetings, to organize meetings, invite participants, stop meetings, launch meetings. So that's already there today, we've already launched that. So that's already uh, available. Not many enterprise customers are using it yet, but it's definitely coming. So we can see that as a 
definitely trends and voice voices and interface is obviously being is being used right now in the consumer space and it's coming to the enterprise the second area which is interesting is artificial intelligence artificial uh, and assistance which can help you um, what you're doing now, right now is analyzing how people behave in meetings seeing if they're paying attention or not, their level of attention, their level of participation, if they speak more or listen more, you know, and we can generate reports on that to give you know, a proper uh, recommendation for your following meetings as to whether you're paying attention or not, whether you're, you talk too much or don't listen enough, right? So that's all coming. These are all very interesting areas. I think we're just at the tip of the iceberg. I can see a few years further down the line having much more uh, interactions you know, with voice commands and assistance in meeting rooms. One of the things you said there, which I've asked a few people about, is why the consumer side of voice assistance with Amazon Alexa and, and Siri or Google Home or whatever platform it might be, seems to have moved much faster uh, in, in a consumer market than, than in an enterprise market. Why or do, or do you even think that business seems to be playing catch up in terms of adoption of those technologies? I think even in the consumer space, it is still, in many cases, more of a gimmick than a useful tool. Yeah. Uh, and I think the enterprise is, no, is not looking for gimmicks. At the moment, with the current level of intelligence of, of electronic assistance, we're not at a point where it's useful to solve real-world real, real problems. At the moment, it's still a gimmick. Yes, I can launch my meeting by talking, but I could just easily press a button on my iPad in the room and that would achieve the same result probably as quickly or quicker, right? So right now we're not solving any issues with voice commands. It's more of a fun gimmick to use. I think that's why it hasn't been deployed you know, greatly in the enterprise yet. However, when artificial intelligence assistants become more intelligent, you can ask them for proper you know, anal analytics, which we don't have yet, then it will become uh, more prevailing in the enterprise and become ubiquitous. But I think, yeah, we're just still at the, the tip of the iceberg. We're just getting started. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're early on in the journey. One, one of the things you, you touched on previously, which I hadn't come across at all before, is the use of AI in, in terms of um, uh, video analysis of people's expressions and whether they're paying attention and all that sort of thing. I'd heard of that voice analysis within you know a contact center function where in a customer service capacity you're analyzing people's tone and seeing how different agents behave do you see that potentially in in the contact center space more video between representative and customers and then more use of those analytics and ai tools to understand you know how customers are feeling remotely clearly we have lots of data and that's very important when you're trying to do analytics to provide you know, some kind of useful analysis of that data. And I think moving forward, it just makes perfect sense to add that as a, as a feature of the platform to be able to give you reports on how that meeting was managed. So you know, just as a, as a meeting technology, it makes sense to add that as a, as a basic feature. And it's just a matter of time until it's ready for prime time. Yeah, and I suppose as the technology develops, the applications for that will expand in terms of use in other factors away from just meetings. But you know, you could be that could be used in a contact center feature or face to face reaction between customer and representative or anything like that. Absolutely. Um, whether it's for a one to one call with a consumer from a call center, or whether it's a meeting was in a corporate boardroom with your investors or potential investors to see if they are actually interested in what you were saying. Right, that can be very relevant for, um, for, your, for your directors. So again, there's lots of applications for this.
and I know um, you, you do a lot in education, don't I mean, the, the, the worrying concern uh, for me with this video analytics is, say you were my university lecturer and I am on video, you'll be able to tell when I have fallen asleep at the back of the lecture theatre. Whereas at university, I got away with that completely. Effectively, you know, you don't go to university to fall asleep. You go to the university. <laughs> intentionally, so, anyway. If you're asleep, the point of the teacher is not so much to punish you, but more to engage you so, to make sure you don't fall asleep. So I think the fact that a teacher finds out some of their students are falling asleep is not a way for them to punish those students, but in, on the contrary, to improve their level of engagement and to be better, a better teacher. So I think uh, it's a great thing. It's good both for the students so they can, you know, report they're not being engaged enough so that the teacher can you know, make an effort to be more interesting. Oh, well, Mike, thank you. Thank you so much for chatting for me. I realise I've, you know, you know, taken a lot of your time, but, but it was really interesting speaking to you and I, I really do appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks very much, Patrick. Appreciate your time as well. And uh, hopefully, you know, we're going to observe all these new trends being deployed to massive uh, companies and small companies as well. So everyone's going to be able to enjoy it. Great insight from Mike there and a big thanks to him and Zoom for sparing the time to come onto the pod and talk to me. We are really keen to hear your experiences of workplaces here at UCT. So if you have a great example of how you use technology in an innovative way or just to air some of your stories about workplace tech, get in touch via LinkedIn or Twitter at UC Today News. Later on this week, there's another futuristic part where I have an expert guest to take me through the realms of augmented and virtual reality. So make sure you tune in for that one. As usual, thanks for listening.